0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Pixels, the show where we cover the news from the video games industry from the past couple of weeks. My name is Patrick Beja and today we are going to be talking about a bunch of things including a long-running series that has been disappointing in the past few uh, years and that fans had high hopes for uh, that just happened. Of course, I'm talking about X-19, the Xbox uh, Insider thing. (laughs) Haha, see what I did there? No, of course, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, uh, Death Stranding, a little bit pokemon a little bit and who better to do all of this with than emma kent uh reporter journalist uh from Eurogamer. gamer i don't know what your official title is yeah yeah reporter that's the reporter. one excellent <laughs> yeah, welcome yeah. back Hello. to the show you, you... yay
1: it's been about <laughs> a year i think isn't
0: it yeah more now or less yeah, and uh, thank you as well for actually delaying our recording, which we planned before um, all of these things were in clearer view uh, from yesterday to today, because we can actually talk about what's been happening uh, in yes. the industry. <laughs> we can talk about Star Wars now, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, all of this and a bunch of additional little news, some disappointing stuff from Stadia, some uh, exciting stuff from Shadow bunch of other things but yeah let's start with the game that you uh, most recently reviewed for your gamer that is star wars jedi fallen order um let me give you a little bit of context first and then you can crush all my hopes and dreams if that <laughs> works for you Sure. <laughs> um, so I, of course, uh, EA has had the license for Star Wars for a very long time, several years, and they haven't released a lot of games. At least, um, I guess there were a couple of Battlefront games, and that's almost it. Which was. It's kind of mind-boggling, I'm not sure why they did it that way, but this one is a long uh, single-player narrative-oriented game that is developed by Respawn Entertainment um, of, you know, uh, many games' fame, of course, Uh, ah, the, the, the name is escaping me right now. The, the Titanfall. There you go. Giant robots. That's the uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> Titanfall, uh, Apex Legends, and of course they come from Infinity Ward. Uh, wonderful developers. Uh, so this one had a lot of hope riding on it, and I was a little bit... Unimpressed by the initial presentations, I thought the hero was incredibly bland. Um, But as previews kept happening, my my hopes started uh, getting up uh, like a Jedi in a fight and uh, getting a little bit higher. And I bought it, installed it yesterday, woke up this morning and played it for a few hours. And I actually really like it. Um I played for a couple of hours. I I went back to the computer to prepare for this show, loaded up your review, and then all my uh <laughs> absolutely <laughs> crush all your hope. Yeah. Like the Empire coming in. I'm exactly. so sorry. <laughs> so yeah. you didn't like uh Jedi Fall in order that
1: Yeah, much. well I as I said in my review, like the annoying thing is I thought it was brilliant for ages and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to like potentially put this up as a game of the year contender or something like that. And I was like, I was literally having that kind of conversation in my head, like, should it be recommended or essential? And then I kept playing and it gets to a point in the middle where it stops introducing new planets. And the story just kind of keeps asking you to go back to the same planets you've been to. And I was like, Uh, okay, fair enough. The problem is uh, it's got like, well, Soulsborne style combat is probably the best way to describe it. And that takes a lot of time to get through each enemy, which is great. It makes it challenging. But when you're having to do that several times uh, (laughs) um, over and over again in these really long kind of winding Metroidvania-style maps, it becomes just so tedious. And you you just really want to go smashing through everyone um, to get back to the ship and stuff like that. Because once you've done the objective, you then have like another 20-minute walk back (laughs) through enemies you've already beaten and things you've already explored and that's really where it, it all kind of crumbled
0: for me um yeah it's <laughs> I, that's what i mean my initial impression the introduction is very solid um yeah it's really good it the the platforming is very like it's akin to something like i guess uncharted or um uh, uh, tomb raider the newest ones the combat is kind of Soulsborne light as you said the story begins you know it's like nothing to blow up a house about is that an mm-hmm. expression let's make yeah it
1: yeah it, it's, it's fine it's very it's fairly like standard you're like oh, okay I, I can see why they've chosen this and mm. i think visually it's great like the action sequences on the first planet are really really good i was very right. up for the rest of the game from that point and and um, so yeah.
0: I, yeah I i went through the first <laughs> explorable zone uh the one with the temple you know uh, uh, that oh uh,
1: yeah planet. um the yeah, the kind of
0: muddy one. Yeah, right. Uh yeah. The, the one, the the temple with the like. Uh, there are big uh, toad like enemies. Anyway, I mean that's the first yeah, one, yeah. and and it's 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 fun, uh, definitely. And I explored it, but then I kind of got lost a little bit in the complicated geography of the map, and then it asked me to go back to the ship, and I was like, wait. Ha- uh, how do I do that? And I was meandering around for like twenty minutes, but it was it was fine um, until that point because I it was it's still you know it's been a couple of hours. I can imagine how spending thirty hours because you say the the game is about thirty hours long, right?
1: Yeah, well, uh, well, that, this is the thing. I did a lot of that meandering, and at the start, I was very up for that. So if I was getting lost, I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll just go see what's down here and collect something. And I was pretty patient and happy to actually go exploring a full planet to go find stuff. And then it just kept doing that, and I (laughs) lost my patience. Mm. So I reckon, actually, it's probably you could do it in 20 hours. A lot of my time is spent faffing around.
0: (laughs) But but is (laughs) Um, that something you can avoid, though? Because it seemed to me that I would get lost in the environment even when I wasn't trying to explore. Um, So I'm wondering if it's... uh...
1: Yeah, no, I think they could have done a better job with some of the maps just for kind of retraversing. Like, I don't know, even like a way to set waypoints, maybe Mm. once you've done like the the objective on that planet would just be so helpful Uh, because there are shortcuts, but they all kind of just go into like blue colour once you've discovered them. So when you're starting off on a planet, it's quite easy because there's a little yellow glow that's like, okay, you haven't been here, go look down this route. And yeah, once you've actually explored it and the game's asking you to go back again, it's really hard to know which is the correct way. And I found myself just kind of, particularly on Zeffo in the caves in Zeffo, wandering around the cave system quite a bit, being like, is this the right lift? I don't know. I can't really see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because the, the map is i think it's intentional it's it seems like it would be an element of game design that they want you to understand the geography uh, the topography of the place you're exploring so that you actually have to know the place and not just follow an arrow that tells you where to go right but it's yeah
1: yeah it's it's, just the maps get so big yeah (laughs) and and confusing like there are multiple levels
0: (laughs) and yeah it's it's like a, a a labyrinth almost um yeah
1: Mm. The, so it the, works well in early game and yeah this is why it gets annoying later on as well as the story looping back on itself quite a lot
0: mm, so you you have to go back to things you've already explored so you don't have the, yeah. the newness of the environments
1: exactly and yeah you're more willing to kind of explore when something's fresh and when the game is making you go back i think then that's like oh mm. it suddenly becomes a lot less fun than going kind of of your own volition and being. Being like I want to go poke around this area, see if I can find something else. Right. Um, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Totally. Um, th- the combat seemed like it was pretty interesting, though. There's, as you mentioned, uh, some elements of Soulsborne type gameplay. You, it's, you have to be re- not quite as much as in, you know, Soulsborne games or Sekiro, even for your parries and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. there there are elements of that. And you also lose your progress in the form of XP if you die and you can regain it if you kill the enemy that killed you. So then you can rest, but that respawns everything around you. So definitely some elements of Soulsborne, which is I think a little bit unexpected for a game that is that far reaching. Um,
1: uh, yeah, no, supposedly. it really is like a, you'd consider it a mainstream game for sure. Like totally. a Star Wars game that's got Disney approval and yeah. it's bringing it to that platform, which is cool. And I I do like a lot of the combat. And uh, I think I would enjoy it more if it just didn't make me do it all the time, if that makes sense. Because it does take quite a lot of concentration to Mm. kind of perform it in a satisfactory way where you're thinking, okay, this is how I'm going to approach this enemy and I'm going to do this tactic. And then if you're being asked to do that all the time, walking through these paths, eventually your concentration goes and you just end up hacking people and it gets frustrating. I think is eventually why the combat becomes a bit of a pain.
0: Too. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's this that's pretty disappointing yeah. because it seems like a, a, a very easy way to fix that issue would have been to to introduce at some point once you've conquered a planet, uh, you've you've explored let's say eighty percent of it, you unlock uh, fast travel or something. And I understand yeah, well, why Dark they Souls wouldn't want to do that. that, but
1: you know, like yeah. two thirds of the way through, you get an option to. So it's like limited fast travel, but. Nonetheless, um, yeah, it's very frustrating because it's, yeah. it's a very simple fix. Um, and I guess the reason why they don't want you to do that is because they want this exploring thing. And also at some points, like very occasionally, the story will have like a surprise thing that it throws at you on the path back to the ship. Mm. Um, I, I think there might have been ways around that, but... Uh,
0: Yeah. Okay, so the exploring is fun at the beginning, gets a little bit tedious. The combat is fun as well, but gets repetitive when you're forced to do it, to travel through the the zones over and over again. Uh Um, What about the other gameplay elements? The progression with the skill tree? Of course, there's a skill tree because it's a mainstream game, uh, which I always enjoy. Uh, That seems like it could add some um additional fun you know as you progress and unlock yeah
1: stuff? yeah and there are specific kind of combat abilities that you can unlock through the skill tree and it's definitely fun being like oh i can almost unlock you know like uh, this cool uh, lightsaber throw and uh, but i think by the end of the game you normally unlock all of the main stuff i did right. anyway i had a few things that i hadn't um but it's more a matter of like what you want to prioritize i think with your Nightsaver skills, or if you're struggling, then just get your HP up <laughs> uh, really high. Or if but you don't that want to be do
0: more than course- Th- That doesn't help w- um, enough with variety in combat, or? I don't know. I, I think... Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it doesn't. I mean, you can just say no. I, d- I don't
1: want. know. I, the skills tree wasn't something that stood out to me. as okay. like something that was like, whoa, amazing. Um, I think the things that I really enjoyed about it were the environmental storytelling um, and... I go i had i talk about stormtroopers like a whole paragraph in my review right. because they're just so good um and it's like the little details like that what star wars fans will be like oh yeah i get that reference or um just kind of amused at the kind of general day-to-day life of stormtroopers when they're not doing anything. Uh, it's great. I love eavesdropping on them. The best bit.
0: Um yeah, I I have to admit that reading your review it reminded me of uh, elements of uh, Arkham City, I think when I first started mm. uh, listening to the, the baddies in the city as Batman and I was just listening to their conversations and it was just hilarious. There was a lot of uh, stuff that really made me uh smile. But um, talking about, so you're talking about environmental storytelling, but you're also a little bit harsh on the Mm. story period of the game, which is like, it seems we're going through all of the elements and none of them, like Mm. they all break down midway through the game. Um, The story isn't good either? No, it
1: really isn't. I was so surprised to see some people did enjoy the story, actually, because um, everyone I've spoken to that I know is just not connected with it at all. Mm. Um, bizarre. I think the problem is that Cal is just really dull.
0: I'm sorry. but Oh he's my just, God. He's so bland. He, he's it's horrible.
1: He's so bad. Um, gosh, it's just also his face doesn't really seem to move. And I think at points as well in the story, he kind of, he doesn't really have much empathy towards other characters. And it's not really mm. done in a way that he's kind of being bratty. It's It's like, I don't know. It's just very cold. Person and it's hard. He's, yeah, to he's surprised no, with a protagonist like that. I don't know. He seems <laughs> bland
0: in the most uh, powerful sense of the word. He has no. I mean, even in the in the initial couple of hours, where there are some pretty eventful things that happen to him. Of course, as you would expect in the introduction of the game. For as I said, I really enjoyed my first few hours, and I want to keep playing. The one thing that definitely you know, stuck in my mind is that character is terrible. He's just, he's got nothing going for him. His f- even, you know, I'm not a judgmental person, seriously, but his face is annoying. Like, he's oh my got God, this,
1: it, it is. I feel oh. bad, but, oh. There, there I mean, are people it's who worked kind of on spoiler, this and designed
0: but like, it, but sorry, yeah, go ahead.
1: I don't, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but not really, I don't know. Like at one point you do quite early on, you see flashbacks, um, of Cal when he was younger, mm. and they've kept the same face on the child's body, and the voice doesn't change, and it is very weird. Um, uh, so yeah, it, gosh, oh god. Okay, not, all right. So <laughs> that's enough about Cal. I think. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it, yeah. We don't need to go further into that, but there is one hope I think for for this game potentially. um, which is you mentioned in your review as well that you had to crunch through the game in four days. um, So it was kind of an intense experience, Mm. which might have worsened the sentiment of having to slog through environments again and again. Um,
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this and I got very frustrated by the end to like the point where I was just angry (laughs) at the game because I was like, oh, why are you making me do this again? Right. And I think if I'd played this over several months, just trying to imagine how I would do it normally I would probably be up for like the exploring and all of the planet stuff and then by the time it would be asking me to go back to the planets I think I would probably just keep playing it less and less mm. um I think I would still hit that kind of wall where I'm like mm, do I want to do that mm. again I would be maybe yeah less so maybe
0: less angry but still not enthusiastic still
1: like unimpressed and yeah. I would ultimately be annoyed that there's no kind of story payoff and everything's just kind of crammed in right at the end So for like a vast chunk of the game, it really is like go to this planet and fetch this thing. um, All right, let's try to another one.
0: (laughs) Let's try. And especially with with so many, you know, as we always say, there are so many great games. uh, That's the kind of issue Mm. you face is that when a game is not amazing, then it falls by the wayside because you want to play all the other amazing games. But let's say someone does want a fun 10 hours, 12 hours of star wars immersed game that is competent and actually fun even if they don't necessarily need to go to the end of the game mm. and they don't <laughs> that's a lot of ifs yeah, but
1: they yeah don't, no, they don't if you just want to about, dip into it and you're not yeah. too bothered about the story then you'll have a good time and it particularly if you like soulsborne games if you whack the difficulty up to grandmaster you'll get that like really intense challenge and i did actually have quite a bit of fun surprisingly on the hard difficulty just walking around the planet i think doing like the boss fights i would get very very annoyed um but yeah there, there is stuff there and i did really enjoy the kind of core gameplay and i think if they'd actually just not done the retroversal stuff i would have loved this game and it would have been mm. recommended it's just oh,
0: yeah they it's padded so, it it's <laughs> so such a shame because 20 hours is really really long but it seems like it's expanded mm. artificially and if they had just stopped at 12 it would have been fine i don't think anyone is you know these days if it's a 12 hour solid single player experience especially for a, a mainstream game like this in a popular ip no one would have faulted them for it i mean someone but Ooh. there's always someone who's being an yeah ass.
1: it's a shame that people are demanding that you get a certain amount of hours for your money and i kind of get yeah. it but if it ends up ultimately ruining the game you're playing and it's just not worth it just stick to the smaller playtime and have a tighter
0: experience all right well i'm gonna keep playing it um hopefully <laughs> i i'm distracted by other games uh early enough that i never get to that sluggish feeling <laughs> that you, you felt but um who knows? Yeah, sticks, to, oh. sticks
1: to the new planets when it, when the new planets stop then it's time to yeah. Have a have a break. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, that is definitely a little bit disappointing, but I I still think I'm going to have a few hours of fun uh, ahead of me in the game and I I'm uh even if you tell me that it's going to be 10-12 hours, I I mean I had to get it for work, but I think it's uh it's been so long since we got a good fun Star Wars uh experience that I think it's probably worth it for me, but I guess buyer beware. Mm. All right. Um let's talk a little bit about Modern Warfare. I think I mentioned getting it and gave maybe a couple of first impressions last time. I'm not even sure. Uh, but I finished the single player campaign. Uh Call of Duty, of course, Modern Warfare, and uh, um <laughs> <laughs> that was a big sigh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it it's a good Call of Duty game, but they have this. It's probably, as people have said, I haven't played uh, Call of Duty a lot in recent years. Uh, Huge fan of the original Modern Warfare, of course, as any uh, uh, self-respecting gamer would be. (laughs) Uh, But uh, this one is made a big deal of bringing the the horror and the reality of war into the game more poignantly, I guess. And Mm. the big question was, is it going to be uh, done in a in an interesting, uh, thoughtful manner, or is it just going to be some kind of you know buzzworthy violence for the sake of uh, splashy violence? Um, and I guess it's kind of neither, but closer to the latter. Um, the The gameplay is incredibly Star uh, Star Wars. the The gameplay is incredibly Call of Duty ish. And that's not surprising. It's a, a you know, a, they keep improving things every year. And this one is just this cinematic experience with no huge uh, notable moments. Like the set pieces aren't as incredible as in some other games. Uh, I will say the production value on the cutscenes is mind-blowing like the it faces, looks really pretty <laughs> oh my pretty game. <laughs> god like it looks like demos from you know those early console uh cycles where where they show you what's going to be yeah, it's possible like the maximum like,
1: potential yeah, yeah.
0: And the faces look like so, the, the motion capture and the texturing and the detail on the faces. Yeah, like,
1: everything's oh. kind of like glistening. I don't yeah. know if that it, <laughs> but it's just, it's sparkling. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> it's like, the the it's the first time that I see faces, maybe in death, like usually you get death stranding level of excellence. This is one step just above. And it's like the first time I see faces and I'm like... This looks like the details, it's difficult to explain, the details of the face make it look like we're om- almost beyond the uncanny valley, right? It's It looks mm. real. It, yeah, and it I looks just, like.
1: I love even, you know, the townhouse level, it's just, mm. like when you're walking in, it's like there are vines on the wall that just look beautiful and the brickwork yeah. and just the attention to detail is really remarkable. Uh, It's one of the best things about Modern Warfare, actually, is just how good it looks.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it's mind-blowing. But the townhouse level, actually, you you give me a great uh, um, uh, transition to what I had an issue with in the game, or I'm not even sure I have an issue with it. It's just jarring. It's that mm. feeling that sometimes they put you in the middle of those situations uh, that are Warlike, or you know, th- th- so you you—it's not a big spoiler, but at some point you get into a townhouse, as usual in the game. You have multiple locations in various parts of the world, and at some point you're in London. You go into a, ta- a townhouse to take out the terrorist cell. Um, so it's like SWAT-type uh, uh, entry into the the house. And you go floor by floor to get all of the terrorists inside the house. And of course, they have families with them. And you have to react very quickly when you enter each uh, room to see if the person in the room is going to try to shoot at you or is surrendering, essentially, or just crying curled up in a bowl in the corner, which already in itself is kind of uh, uh, disturbing. But it's just one example of that. There are multiple uh, instances throughout the game, but at some point you're in one room and there is a woman who takes a gun and is aiming at you, so of course you shoot her to disable her, and it turns out there was her son uh, lying in the bed next to her, and you see the son going to her dead mom, to his dead mom, uh, shaking her and trying to wake her up, and that's like emotional torture and it's like i i'm not sure what putting this into the game accomplishes um
1: yeah in it's... the townhouse level it's like the baby where <laughs> if you shoot the baby too many times the game basically tells you are you serious you get a little message with that oh really that, i didn't yeah even... yeah exactly so people started doing stuff like trying to basketball grenades into the baby cot and stuff like that oh my to see God. if they could get away with it um yeah no, that's a problem with having that situation is you can tell players not to do it but they're going to try and do it yeah. because they've been told they're not allowed to uh, <laughs> and then it but just I mean, becomes
0: ridiculous that, that's yeah that's just silly and it's part of people you know you're go- it's it's still a game so it doesn't like people are going to do these kinds of things but my problem or my what i'm noticing is throughout the the natural progression of the game you have several moments where you have these situations where you are put into a position to do something and you witness something which is which is horrendous to witness and mm-hmm. it's like watching torture and if the it, it's not even it doesn't seem like the game is actually trying to comment on the horrors of war, it's just showing them to you. And maybe there's a yeah, shock in this.
1: factor a lot of the time, yeah. really, isn't it? Kind of but edgy idea
0: and, <laughs> a and, kind of dark story. <laughs> and this being Call of Duty, it's hard not to read it as that. Maybe mm-hmm. there was an intent from the designers to just present it neutrally and get you to form your own opinion. But it doesn't, you know, it's it just doesn't feel like something Activision would do. No, I, so, I
1: I agree. I feel like they were very desperate for kind of like this, this Call of Duty's uh, no Russian moment. And the campaign no. is packed with loads of things where it could be quite controversial, but in a way, because they've got so much of that, nothing actually sticks out. And <laughs> yeah. it's just they're kind of just throwing stuff in there to see what sticks.
0: And, yeah, there's like 12... Yeah. Twelve chapters, I think, something like that, and maybe mm. four or five of them have moments like this.
1: Yeah, um, and also a lot of the way they do it sometimes is they turn it into mini games, which is really odd. You know, like the the torture bit where you have to turn your head as they kind of as they're trying to waterboard you, and it's like the the Russian guy is like, "Yeah, it's very good," in the background, and it's it just feels really weird, and it just trivializes that whole thing to the point where you're laughing at it rather than being like oh yeah this is
0: serious Um, there's oh sorry go ahead
1: (laughs) oh yeah no and i was gonna say the uh sorry if this is like spoilers i'm spoiling everything but uh there's also a scene where you're playing as um farah and she's so uh, Farah is the the,
0: uh is the freedom fighter from Urzikstan, which is essentially Afghanistan, uh, which has yeah. been overrun by really evil Russians? Like they are. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. The stereotypical <sighs> Russian enemies. And it's that's like, like Bond that's... villain level. Uh... And
1: also, it's just not accurate to real world. If they're trying to like kind of base it on real world events, like the Russians would use proxy fighters, and it's just silly, silly enough. It's, I think I they mean... just want a really. Comical, or well, not comical, but a very cartoony idea of a villain that's very obvious.
0: And that. that's another thing I had. We'll get back to the far moment you you wanted yeah. to talk about, but since we're on this thread, um, nothing is ambiguous, really like they have moments when they're like oh look the the good guys did something that you don't approve of isn't isn't war complicated but but really it's just the evil guys are really evil and the good guys are kind of trying their best and sometimes you know some things are that are difficult must happen but there's no real moral ambiguity not really Exactly exactly it's,
1: it's, it's the good guys occasionally cross over into like oh done something naughty but they they're yeah. very clear lines about
0: who is good and who is bad yeah. in this game? And when someone good does something bad, everyone else is like, oh, you're so bad. No, 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 no. I cannot have that. And and vice versa. Like, it's so yeah, you wanted to talk about another pharaoh moment?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I've got so much to talk about in this game. Um, <laughs> at least it's good for conversation. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, no, the pharaoh moment is when you're um kind of you're pull out of rubble because her town has been bombed and like her mother's dead next to her. That oh, yeah, that's is really awesome. great. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's horrible, but um, I think it kind of works as just being really claustrophobic and nasty. Yeah. And you often don't actually see, um, I think when you see on TV kind of uh, news reporting on like what's going on in Syria or whatever, it's very much like here's the Western view of what's going on. The fact that everyone's speaking English and you're kind of in that, point of view is actually quite interesting i thought it just brought it in a bit more than you would normally see um but yeah that's the good bit and then it gets to the house and uh oh, yeah. the russian guy bursts in um and he shoots your dad and then you're there with your brother your brother kind of runs off and you're crawling around um hiding under bits of furniture this is when it's like it goes off off the rails and you can um actually play. And there are kind of like knives and scissors and screwdrivers just kind of scattered around uh the floor. And you have to sneak behind um you have to pick up one of these items, sneak behind the Russian guy and then stab his legs. And you have to do this three times. And in between those he kind of shoots his gun and goes, oh bitch, and that kind of thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's but, um, fine it's... <laughs> he does actually say that and Then she slides through grills, you know, like classic video game Mm. kind of like crawling through spaces and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah. Then finally on the third time, it's kind of like the final boss level where you shoot the guy and you have to like stab him three or four times, something like that. And it's just, it's so video gamey that it just completely loses any kind of emotion or anything in that moment. It's just feels really lame and They were trying, I think, really hard to make it a cinematic experience whilst also being like, yeah, we need to make this a gameplay experience (laughs) and
0: it doesn't work. Yeah, the gameplay kind of... The way they implement the gameplay pollutes any shred of messaging or thoughtful uh, uh, design they would have because you're right, that moment could have been a very potent, well, you think you know what it's like looking at it on TV, but this is what it actually is like. And there is elements of this, you're right, uh, throughout parts of this level. But then the Russian guy arrives and he's like this soulless horror thing that is like, uh, essentially it's an ogre coming in the house and going Mm. like, I'm going to eat the little children. And it's like... (laughs) It really is. It's it's (sighs) not exaggerating at all. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's disappointing in that sense i I guess there could be an argument for um describing it as something that is thought-provoking and i guess we've been talking about it for over 10 minutes so there is some of that but it's more it's spoiled by the other elements of the game and that's too bad
1: i think the conversation is mainly revolved around game design rather Mm. than the actual kind of conversations that they probably were hoping people would have
0: any uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> of those are actually so plasticky and Hollywood-y in the worst parts of that those uh, trends that I think it, it diminishes or makes vanish the initial mm. intent, if there was any. Uh, yeah. At
1: the I, I think the actual good levels in these Call of Duty uh, campaigns are often the ones that they don't intend to be super controversial, because if you think yeah. about the original Modern Warfare... And um, I think it was Death From Above, which is the one where you're basically piloting a plane and um, shooting people as dots on the ground and people were going like, yeah, booyah in the background is an encouraging thing. That was actually probably the best level because it really got that sense of separation from combat and asymmetrical warfare spot on. And I think in this Modern Warfare, actually, I did quite like the townhouse level, apart from the baby thing, which is bad. Um, <laughs> because it just does a really good job, If you, particularly if you play this on realism mode, because it turns off the HUD, of just doing a really tense level and giving you an idea of what special forces would actually do in this kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously not completely realistic, but I think that kind of, yeah, not knowing what you're going to encounter in each room and uh, civilians embedded with terrorists is actually, yeah, interesting, and that is probably... the best bit for me but yeah yeah, they could have taken the baby out
0: (laughs) (laughs) no but you're right that 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 i guess they 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 held back a little bit on the first modern modern warfare or maybe they went all out and that's what happened but there is a scene in this one that is akin to the one the death from above one um Mm. where you are also in a in a helicopter and you have that black and white view and but there's so much of the booyah and and uh, they overdo it a little bit yeah
1: Yeah. it's It's, like they're forcing it
0: (laughs) it feels like they're forcing it maybe that's how you know people actually behave in those situations because they but it doesn't work as well or maybe games have evolved and we're used to it i don't know but the fact is in this one it doesn't work uh yeah it just doesn't work yeah All right. Well, that's way too much time spent on Modern Warfare. I didn't it, was, but it always happens. It. The, the bottom line is, uh, it's a good Call of Duty game, if you're looking mm. for a good, good Call of Duty game. If you haven't played Call of Duty for a long time, and you're looking for this one to maybe bring back, light the fire back from the, the old ones, and bringing you the kind of emotion and... Um, uh, uh, set-piece moments that you had in the initial Modern Warfares, I don't think it's going to do that. So, mm. all right. Uh, or not as much as you would hope. Um, not a bad game, though. Uh, Death Stranding uh, is, came out last week. I played just a little bit of it. Uh, somewhat controversial game. Um I noticed that it seems the French reviewers are liking it very much, or mostly, and the English language reviewers (laughs) think it's a load of BS, uh, which is really interesting. I think it's
1: like a European-American divide. It's it's weird. We're getting it with Star Wars as well. Mm. Um, I I don't know what it is. And Kojima has actually... um, well, that was a thing with, like, Kojima's comment being a bit mistranslated uh, to say that, like, Americans are more into first-person shooters. But I, I do wonder if there is something different about the tastes across the pond, because mm. sometimes just come out with completely different opinions on games.
0: Yeah, I mean, just look at the X19 uh, Xbox Insider thing, and you'll understand that Americans <laughs> have specific tastes for everything. Mm. Um, but, I mean... There's no question that this is a strange and understandably divisive game, even amongst, you know, my my countrymen. There are some people who think it's completely Mm. nonsensical and some people who applaud the interesting game design. So, of course, Kojima is a, I don't want to say controversial character, um, although that might be accurate, but he tries different things. And certainly with Death Stranding, um, there were a lot of questions, and I guess still are, about what the game is, what the um, story is, what the gameplay is. And it turns out it really is a delivery simulator, except the delivery quest. Uh, Future delivery. Yeah. But, but he made the act of running from one place to the other interesting from a game design standpoint. Uh, you know, some people think so. I've played a few hours. I haven't played a lot. But I have to say that the story, which I'm usually completely um, allergic to with Kojima, uh, except for the first Metal Gear Solid, which was genius. Uh, but the, the story has engrossed me, uh, I've been engrossed in that story, or that's maybe a strong word. I'm very uh, much interested in knowing what happens next and what's, um, what this is all about. Hmm. And it might be that down the line, I don't get an answer and I'm very disappointed. Um, But I think the whole thing is interesting and is intriguing. Um, And that already is. I'd I'd
1: much rather someone take a big gamble and it not entirely pay off than do a safe game, which everyone's just going to kind of enjoy. And that'll be it. We'll forget about it. People are going to remember Death Stranding for a long time, I think. Just if not for the weirdness and... I'm also very grateful for all of these videos that are coming out of people kind of falling over and losing their gear. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gosh, they're amazing. I've seen someone stumble on a bridge and uh, their entire stack of stuff just fall into the river and go floating off. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. I haven't been able to play it yet, but that kind of thing makes me want to. And I'm quite up for wandering around and games for a long time if it's fairly chill, Um, although that doesn't look relaxed
0: in that bit but <laughs> yeah it can be a little bit frustrating it feels almost like um there's i mean first of all we were talking about beautiful looking games and this mm. is gorgeous the 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 faces are almost as good as modern warfare not quite there but, but but almost and i find the uh acting especially from norman reedus who doesn't do much he's basically just looking annoyed and grunting most of the time but it fits perfectly and um it's it's just the movie making chops of kojima i think are showing here and he's achieving um something with that part of the game and then the world building is really successful and the gameplay elements are incredibly different i mean it feels very inspired by um by zelda breath of the wild like the The exploration feeling you get is very strong and and there seems to be some bleed over from that game. But he does things that, as you said, no one has really done before. And it mostly makes for some... For some people, at least, interesting uh, gameplay, the having to choose the path you're going to take, balancing um, literally and figuratively <laughs> the equipment you have to get to get through that uh, zone, avoiding looking at the signs that other people have posted online that uh, show up in your game with this asynchronous uh, multiplayer type of gameplay uh, that has. Yeah, that bit to me sounds bit.
1: fascinating. Like, I haven't played it yet, but like leaving likes for other people. Like how does that work? Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, it's the, the likes are just, if someone, if you build a structure, um, you can, it can be seen in some other people's games. Once you have, once they have unlocked this area. And so since traversing the environment is the main uh, gameplay element, those can be very helpful. So if you have a ladder going across a river, that will be very helpful to you. And you can see them appear from other people in the game, in, you know, who have played the game, mm-hmm. um, and then you can like them. But there's also uh, elements that you can put, uh, kind of like in Souls uh, games. Again, you know, this is this is really like the Souls games uh, design genius influencing every other game in the industry. We've been talking mm-hmm. about this for years and years, but it's still showing, and this shows how important they were from a game history point of view. But anyway, so they can leave uh, signs that say, So the the rain is um, damaging to you Mm. and your equipment in the game. And uh, there are people who can put signs saying you can um, be safe from the rain here. And you don't know this. You have to look at the environment to find sort of a cliff that bends over and that you can uh, go under to be... um, safe from the rain, but if someone has put a sign there, you know you'll go there and probably uh, it will be that and they won't be <laughs>
1: Hopefully they're not trolling. You.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's that element as well. I, I, I have to mention, a lot of people think this is pointless and the story is pointless and the <laughs> gameplay is boring after a few hours. So that definitely has to be said. And I mm. think I might myself... Uh, after a few hours, just be done with it because it's not as compelling as in the first few hours. Mm. But I just didn't expect it to be that compelling in the first few hours to begin with. So I'm surprised by that already. Um, I I wouldn't recommend it as a purchase for anyone, though, because it's such a, not polarizing, but it's such a specific type of thing that you're either going to love it or hate it. And there's no way to tell beforehand. Mm. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, I I might give it a go. It sounds like a Christmas game where I can just sit there and play it a few hours and just kind of chill a bit. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's chill, but at the same time, not that chill because you're, when you're walking around, (laughs) Mm. you, you, like, you have to pay attention to what you're carrying, mm. and it might... Oh, yeah, the baby's crying, right, as well? The, the ba- well, that's the thing. Sometimes <laughs> the baby starts crying. Sometimes <laughs> there's rain that you have to get away from. Sometimes there's those weird specter-looking things, the mm. boutees, that are chasing you, or you have to walk around carefully in, like, stealth kind of gameplay. So it's not as chill. Like, you almost <sighs> want it to be more chill than this. It's oh, like wow. And I understand that, you know, 60 hours of just walking around might not be what a game is, but it's almost like it it invades your chillness of walking mm. around with the gameplay elements that are a little bit overbearing. Um, oh, I see. Mm. So I got that a little
1: bit with like Red Dead Redemption 2, actually, because often you yeah. just be admiring the scenery and then it would kind of force like an event on you or something like that
0: a bear comes running at you and yeah
1: yeah or it's like some bandits show up and you're like "Mm, fine
0: (laughs) 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 i feel like this game death stranding might be uh, a strong candidate for story mode um you know Mm. there's this super easy setting where it's really just to do the 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 story um and that might be something that i never do this in games but i might consider this in this one Mm. because yeah we'll see but yeah that's that's just Uh, early impressions and and uh we'll see how things evolve for this game but um it will be coming to pc by the way in 2020 on both steam and the epic game store uh towards Mm -hmm. summer so there you go i do want to mention however the fact that um did you see this the product placement um oh gosh
1: yeah no i did see a photo of the uh
0: the drinks on the table yeah hmm. <laughs> the,
1: the,
0: the monster
1: drink, like they are oh, gosh, so, so immersion shattering ah it is and, it? and
0: the funny thing is people are noticing it and and noting it and saying ah, oh, you know that is that's not so great but okay whatever had any other game or any other creator done this they mm. would have been crucified on every like especially yeah. a, a publisher <laughs> Um, they would have been crucified. And because it's Kojima, it's fine. I guess, you know... He, Get a free pass, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's really funny because the, the monster drink uh, uh, product placement is so obnoxious. So obnoxious. <laughs> it's front and center. They talk about it. It's, oh my they God. They
1: talk about it? Oh no, I they didn't mention know They mentioned it a couple of times. Oh, yeah, no. I believe so. Oh
0: gosh. I, I think I that remember that. <laughs> Norman Reedus mentioning Monster. Or maybe, maybe I just, it was so much in my face that I... Yeah, it's ingrained. It, yeah. You were hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's trending. Strange, but, but, uh, it's good to have different things, as you said, sometimes. And, uh, I, for me, Kojima managed. No matter what the end result on the game is, there was so much writing against him. At least in my mind, like I, I've always thought, he's a diva. He was, you know, at least kept on track by his uh, production people at Konami. And once he's left on the, on his own, he's gonna go completely crazy, and it's not gonna work. And he's not gonna release the game before twenty thirty. And nope. It's released, yeah, it's, it's playable, it's, it's interesting. It's, it, I'm even uh, intrigued by it. So complete, I'm eating crow and my hat and everything <laughs> on this one. And I have to congratulate him on that because completely appended uh, uh, my expectations. So if nothing else, there's that. Uh, Pokemon, again, so many games. Uh, Pokemon, oh my God, all Sarned in one week. Sealed, <laughs> uh, is <laughs> out. It's reviewing... Okay, um, it's like mm. a par for the course for a Pokemon game. I don't know that I have much to say about the game itself. I'm not a Pokemon player, um, and I don't think this one... I always hope that the next one is going to be the one that gets me into the series, but it seems like it's really very much a standard Pokemon game. Are you a Pokemon fan at all?
1: Yeah, no, I used to um, play... I think my first kind of Pokemon game that I played properly was uh, Diamond and Pearl, and then I played like Heart Gold and things mm. like that. So I have played quite a few of the kind of mainline games and a bit of Pokemon Go as well. But um, yeah, no, it's another one of the really divisive games at the moment for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Unexpectedly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. And a lot of the fan base is really riled up at the moment because of some of the design decisions for this game. Um, Dexit, as it's been terms god we've got to stop calling things after brexit it's
0: too too much so dexit for those who don't know is the name that has been given to the fact that the pokemon decks the collection of pokemon you can gather has been reduced uh for this game and gone brought back to the original 151 i think i mean there are different ones but it's the number of the original game whereas is that accurate in previous games they would just add pokemon and to yeah, so you could always, you'd have always the ones be able you to kind had...
1: of like import Pokemon from the old right. games into that game. Like the, mm. the models or whatever they were using would be there for it. And, and so, yeah,
0: yeah the, the, the main controversial element is that apparently some people think or claim that uh, Game Freak, the developer of the game, which, by the way, when there's a controversy, everyone talks about Game Freak. Uh, for, mm. as it relates to pokemon and when people are happy with it oh all, all of a sudden it's nintendo that <laughs> pokemon. you know like nintendo is in this yeah. <laughs> weird place where they can do no wrong and the 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 it's i think it's the only company left that still has fanboys that are mostly mm. positive it's like people who love it no matter what they won't necessarily go and be aggressive towards others, like some fanboys do or did. But mm-hmm. they are so devoted to, to Nintendo, it's interesting. But anyway, so about Pokemon, since there is some negativity, it's Game Freak, of course, Nintendo, which does <laughs> Yeah, hashtag Pokemon, Game Freak yeah. lied was yes. going for a little bit. And so Ooh. the lie is that uh, Game Freak supposedly said that um, they didn't, they, they wanted to make sure that the models and the animations of the Pokemon were um, very developed for the game and so they reduced the number of Pokemon uh, in the game and what people discovered quote-unquote was that um, they were reusing models from previous games on the Switch and so they lied because they didn't actually reduce them to make better models they just reused stuff from before which there's a great article in Polygon um, which try- kind of explains that this is not really what they said and not really what's happening but it seems that the underlying issue is that uh I think it that makes sense. A lot of people are frustrated that Game free keeps making Pokemon games for children ish type ages mm-hmm. when a lot of Pokemon fans have grown up. they started as kids, but they want games that are that keep evolving with them, but game free keeps remaking the same game for kids. um and maybe there's some frustration there that is showing up in that. Um, movement mm. against. God I think it. there
1: is something to be said that it would be nice to see Pokemon move on a little. I think there's a danger of it just staying the same forever, and then people. Well,
0: will, certainly yeah. has, <laughs> well right? yeah, exactly. it certainly has. Well, yeah, exactly. I
1: think normally it just updates with like a new mini game and things like that, and you know, mm. and like it's minor changes um, and a few additions, but
0: yeah,
1: I, yeah, I, the Dexit thing as well. It's the first time you can't catch them all, which is like basically the main premise of Pokemon, it's like the tagline and everything. And I can see why people are upset about it. Personally, um, I don't think it would actually impact my enjoyment of the game because I was never really into that. But I, yeah, people who want to complete uh, their Pokédex will be sad, and I think it's just the idea that you can't do that anymore, yeah. more than like people actually wanting to do it.
0: Um, yeah, and I think a lot of people are frustrated, like, A lot of people, most people, started complaining about this before the game was out, so they didn't even get a chance to try it. Um, There are some technical issues in the game, which I think I understand being disappointed in some things, but it's like the, the standard gamer outrage movement, where there are some reasons to be frustrated, but it seems to blow up to levels that are completely disproportionate with the problem that they're angry about um but yeah i don't i mean again maybe if i was a pokemon fan i would be equally outraged i don't know but
1: yeah i, I am it's... quite surprised at how mm. cross everyone is uh gosh yeah i think yeah the rhetoric online has been really horrible uh towards game freak yeah. it's, it's gone beyond criticism towards harassment and it, yeah and harassing also reviewers he gave it a good score, which is really not okay. People might just enjoy the game. Uh, who knew that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think our own review, we found it was a little bit shallow at points. I think um, it doesn't have dungeons, uh, unlike the kind of older games, which means that you can't really like go into a town and explore it fully in the kind of sense that you would previously. Mm. Um, yeah, so there are there are... Definite criticisms to be made, but yeah, you know, that people have taken it way too far.
0: Yeah. As, as often, you know, I know that a lot of people talk about entitlement and some people are frustrated by that term, but there is, mm-hmm. there is some of that. And particularly in the gamer communities, which we're all parts of. So I guess it's on us as well. But there, when you see things like this happen, I'm sorry, there is entitlement. Like mm. if the game isn't what you hoped for, I understand you're a fan of the series, but sometimes games aren't as good as you would have hoped. And it happens and it, it you can be upset about it, but going as far as those uh, things go is, it's not just like yeah. it's never okay because then you
1: It's kind of like the suggestion that the developers are trying to like dupe fans and things like that. It's when it no. <laughs> gets to the point where it's like, oh, you're lying deliberately. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. I'm sure they were trying their best with what, they had and like maybe some bad decisions were made along the way but it's not like the developers are trying to ruin pokemon (laughs) Uh, it it is weird
0: yeah Yeah. people need to take a step back (laughs) there's also an interesting uh discussion to be had which we won't have here but for long-running series like this how do you evolve it to keep Uh, nice pokemon (laughs) jokes that was solely intentional um but how do you evolve it to keep long-term fans or long-time fans interested while keeping it welcoming to new players. And it seems, you know, this isn't really that new. It seems Pokemon has always been geared towards the new players. Maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. as apparent because it was always 2D-ish type games. Even on 3DS, it wasn't like, you know, full home console type uh, stuff. And maybe this the transition to this one, people were hoping for more, which I can understand, but it's still a, a difficult design decision to be had and maybe game freak ear too closely to the let's Mm. not change anything aspect yeah
1: and i guess it's the pressure of having like an annual practically annual release of pokemon now it's (laughs) they can't stop because people are expecting it and it also means that they can't really do anything spectacular because they just don't have the time Mm. um i I think i've heard that game freak likes to keep the studio size quite small um to kind of contain the feeling of pokemon and like kind of more focused creative, uh, input. So maybe the future of Pokemon is in spinoff games where they can be a bit weirder. Um, they, <laughs> they're just torn between, yeah, trying to keep the nostalgia and also appeal to kids and adults at the same yeah. time. Like I really don't envy them, uh, that task at hmm. all.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's little question that this is not a great, uh, uh, a great version of pokemon uh everyone seems to agree on that it's not the best uh, maybe you know the hashtag should have been game freak released a disappointing game and mm. not just game freak light but yeah. yeah uh all right so i guess that won't be my uh long hoped for first entry in the pokemon series because there are too many other games
1: yeah i might def- i might try it for the curry uh oh the curry making a
0: uh, (laughs) the 150 uh versions yeah the curry deck
1: yeah i'm I'm in it for basically pokemon cooking mama i'll do that (laughs) (laughs)
0: listen you don't you only have 151 pokemons but you also have 150 curries so that's basically (laughs) i'll take it (laughs) um yeah i'm going to japan in a few months i can't wait to eat oh you could try the curries yeah Uh, hopefully there will be a Curry Pokemon uh, restaurant that I can try all of them at. Um, All right, let's talk about uh, news and the X19, the not conference i guess show that they're having in london Mm. Uh, microsoft is having in london for xbox they do it in a different city every year last year it was in mexico i believe and uh, they had a big inside xbox event streaming thing um for to open that event and it was as i joked about at the beginning of the show those things to me at least are always disappointing Mm. um in in form and substance, form, because it's so, it's so Xbox. Oh, my God. They really so do
1: drag welcome. it out. It's like, oh this could probably have been done in half the time, at least.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're, like, on stage, and they're, like, edgy people. And I, I don't even know if I should say this, but I, I don't really like Larry Herb. I'm sorry. I know he's, like, Major <laughs> L- Nelson is such a fixture in the industry, and he's a great... <laughs> and manages the community, and he's great for Xbox, but he feels like he's he's out of place. Just like having
1: a dad at, like, your party at uni
0: or something. It's weird. Exactly! (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Thank you, Emma. It's like he feels like a dad crashed into the, the... And the thing is, all of the other hosts also feel like they're 15 years older than they appear to be. That's like... they. I don't know. Anyway, that's just form and they're cheering like yeah and
1: so i'm when, surprised they managed to get british people to cheer i don't I, <laughs> I, I was really shocked where did they find these people no one makes noise in britain <laughs> we will just politely clap
0: maybe they imported uh, americans to go along maybe. with the stages but yeah. you know it's like they got people to cheer for like i don't know the announcement of the name of a studio Like, uh, a a company has opened a new development studio to do things we haven't heard about yet. And and their name is uh, Loot. Well, I don't know. Like, their name is Keyboard Warriors. And, like, yeah, yeah, clap, clap, clap. Like, like, woo, I guess. (laughs) So, anyway, that is, I I say this every time there's an Xbox Insider. But uh, for this one, even though the form was still disappointing, I think the substance was much better than it's been in the past. Um, they had a lot of announcements, none of them with a lot of details, but at least there was uh, some things to uh, chew on. And I, I'm going to go over a number of the games they announced or announced dates for, and then we can discuss a little bit more towards the end for the uh, bigger announcements. But um there's grounded from Obsidian, which is which looks a little bit like a Fortnite Save the World, not battle royale, uh, hmm. four player co-op, build and then defend against uh, bugs invading. That their... famously went well. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a new rare IP called Everwild, which looks really uh, enchanting. That
1: looks pretty, Ooh. yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm up for that. (laughs) Whatever it is. (laughs) I I, I think we don't know. It's just they shot a trailer. I think people were just
1: kind of guessing it, action, Mm. adventure, but we literally just have that trailer. That's it.
0: Wasteland 3 has a release date of May 2020, or this window. Uh, We got an update on Bleeding Edge, the Ninja Theory multiplayer uh, battling game in March. And that game still looks... Like the characters are, you know, I can't help but compare it to Overwatch. And maybe mm. it's because I play Overwatch so much. But I don't know if you're a fan of Overwatch. If you're not, you can tell me if I'm being biased. But characters in Overwatch, oh, you take one look at them and they look charming. And like, even if they're the- quite Overwatch individual, right, you you know what's going on. You're like Oh, yeah, that character. <laughs> and in Bleeding Edge, they're all like they're they're Dial was turned up to 11 on the, I guess, edgy. And they all look like, I don't know, they look like blah. A bit uniform. Not, yeah. It, it's not even about the uniform. They're like, they don't, they're, they're so exaggerated that they kind of don't have character anymore. I don't know. It feels <laughs> weird, but. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: No, I, I like looking at that. I'm not thinking like, mm, that looks like something that I'd be interested in, even just kind of right. from the artwork. But I don't yeah. know. I, I It's kind of flown under my radar quite a lot. We'll yeah, it's been it in beta.
0: <laughs> it's been in beta for a few months, uh, a closed beta, and uh, I mean the game itself might be interesting. I shouldn't, <laughs> you know, uh, forget from saying that. It might be interesting. It's a 44 uh, battle thing that could could be fun, uh coming out in March. Uh Life is Strange, uh the Don't Nod is uh developing a new game called uh, Ask Me Why, The Reasons Why. Tell Me Why. There you go. Um, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Me Why, which has a trailer. It looks a little bit like uh, Life is Strange from a uh, gameplay standpoint. And the notable thing is that it has a trans character. So that's mm. a, an interesting element um what else flight simulator simulator update it looks really good for people who oh, like it just simulators. looks so good i really yeah.
1: want to play that game
0: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i want to play it and just like any other uh, flight simulator type game it's so complicated to just take off on a plane <laughs> that i'm gonna try yeah. and crash 15 oh, times and no. then stop um but it's gonna be in like many of the other games we mentioned it's gonna be in uh game pass so i'm gonna try it um age of empires 4 got a trailer which it looks really good um halo reach Mm -hmm. is coming to the master chief collection this december so not quite as early as some people had hoped uh but it will also be on pc so uh halo fans can replay reach which is kind of a prequel to uh, the halo series if i'm not mistaken Uh, Yakuza is coming to the Xbox with the first three uh, chronologically, so Zero, Kiwami 1 and Kiwami 2 coming to the Xbox. They will be in the Xbox Game Pass. And Final Fantasy, there's like 10 titles coming to the Xbox Game Pass as well. And finally, we can discuss all of this, but to round up the announcements, um, a bunch of things on xCloud, the streaming service, is gonna be coming to PC in 2020. We don't know when, but in 2020, adding multiple controller type support, including the Dual Shock 4 from uh, PlayStation, uh, of course. They will also, something really interesting they announced, uh, it's gonna be available in more countries, I think Canada, Japan, Western Europe, And um, they will also have the the Xbox Game Pass games that are into xCloud will be available if you have Xbox Game Pass. Essentially, you pay for Xbox Game Pass, you can stream uh, the xCloud games for free um, or install them if you want, but you can also stream them to any device. So that Mm -hmm. was... Kind of expected, but xCloud is going to be part of Xbox Game Pass, which is a great announcement. It means uh, you can install or stream the games for the price of the Xbox Game Pass once it comes to your your locale. And all of many, most of the games we mentioned are going to be included in there. So that's Mm. even more of a compelling service than it was before. Uh, Emma, thoughts? On, on all of it, <laughs> <laughs> on, on any Which of bit. it you want, or none of it if you don't have much to add. Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, the thing I was most excited about is Flight Sim, to be honest. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's wrong with me? I don't... and also Everworld. Um, the Obsidian game looks okay. I think I'll, I'll see what happens. Uh, so that's it,
0: the grounded. Uh, yeah, grounded. Yeah, thing. exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what the first kind of Microsoft Obsidian game looks like.
0: Um it's definitely surprising for an obsidian game, but I think Yeah, is...
1: RPG to survival, okay, sure.
0: <laughs> you know, there's I, I think no one has quite managed to make a co-op survival game successful. Um, you know, a four player co-op survival type game. There is space for this in uh, the gaming space and no one has managed to make one successful yet, or it's been a long time. I think the, the, the closest one that comes to mind that was really successful is let for dead. And it was obviously a very different type of game, but there is a place for getting together with your friends in something that is not PVP where you're going to get crushed and de- depressed half the time and something that isn't like destiny where it takes over your life. And I know there are some games that do this, but I think there isn't one that is like the thing everyone's playing. So I don't know that grounded is going to be that. But I, I, I it's in, it's good that people are still and companies are still exploring that space. Hmm. Sure. Okay, you're not convinced.
1: <laughs> I thought <laughs> yeah, I was presenting a kind of agreeing, like hmm, hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair <laughs>
0: enough. Yeah. So overall, a um, pretty cool xbox insider i was uh, it's much better than the ones we usually get i think and um mm. yeah i'm also excited to try out flight simulator a couple of times looks really good the thing that's different um from previous flight simulators is how better graphics have gotten mm. and just like,
1: how big it's gonna be oh, mm. cow, like, <laughs> <and> <laughs> i, I can, think yeah
0: you can actually but, try to fly a boeing 747 so that <laughs> the The simulator part is, of course interesting because you can try things as they are in real life, and there is something very compelling about actually being in front of a super complicated and intimidating console of a seven forty seven and trying to fly it yourself it's It's gonna be <laughs> fun for everyone, I think mm-hmm. um talking about streaming uh stadia is launching in just a few days. Uh, or should I say launching really? Mm, um, gosh, it's such a soft launch. Isn't it? So I've been oh saying for months that this is a beta and that they should have called it a beta, uh, mm. a paid for beta. And they had a, an AMA on Reddit just a few days ago. And essentially they explained how many of the features that were announced or promised were not going to be available at launch um and some of the features that are core to what they were selling as the experience of this platform it's mind-boggling there's like um things like multiplayer like i can't remember the name but when you can see multiple instances of the game on your screen um when you're playing with friends that is not going to be available you won't be able <coughs> to use a chromecast ultra that you already own there was something
1: about like you can rack up trophies, but the UI won't show you the trophies until later.
0: Right, That's it will me. be th- their trophy system or UI at least is not complete. So <laughs> they will count them, but you won't see them. Or like it will, they will only appear in a few weeks or months when they will have that that feature complete. Like it is such a beta. It's like everyone is frustrated with by this. They, none of this would have been a problem if they had said. We're starting a beta you can buy your entry into it for 129 bucks if you want uh mm. and it will launch in 2020
1: yeah and they could have really pushed it as like you guys are going to be on the forefront of like this modern tech and you're going to mm. be helping kind of push it forwards and i think people would have still been up for that whereas presenting it as like a finished product with like just no exclusive games it's just stuff that's oh, been out that's for a
0: while uh, <laughs> Like the the it's not just no exclusive games. Like there's one, the guilt, um like indie game. But yeah, the the, oh, yeah. the other <laughs> ones are not even recent. Like at launch, there's twelve games I'm gonna read through the list. Uh AC Odyssey, Destiny Two complete, that guilt exclusive one, Just Dance twenty twenty, Kine, I don't even I'm not sure what that is, Mortal Kombat 11, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, oh, all three Tomb Raiders, Samurai Showdown, and Thumper. All of these games are old. And Mm. remember, you don't, which I don't think that's a problem, but for the test, you don't get them by buying into the beta, except for Destiny 2. Um, You have to buy them. Most people who are going to get this beta probably already have those games. Probably. Mm. Um, or at least the ones they're interested in. So if you want to try it out, you're probably going to be trying Destiny 2 because it comes with the Founders Edition, but I don't think many people are going to buy an additional game on that platform rather than buying it on another platform, which is more reliable. And there are 14 more games coming by the end of the year, but it's kind of the same deal, uh, except for Darksiders Genesis, I guess, which is a little bit more recent. But The other ones are, you know, Farming Simulator 19, Borderlands 3, uh, Metro Exodus. All of those, uh, Wolfenstein, Youngblood, all of those would look kind of okay, but you have to buy them. Um, Again, this Mm -hmm. won't be an issue when the system actually launches and you don't have to pay for access. It will be streaming 1080p everywhere for free, so you buy the game and you can stream it everywhere, so that will be an option. But currently, for that... "Quote unquote beta," you, I, uh, it's it's mind boggling.
1: Yeah, and I just don't understand why they didn't go with a subscription.
0: Oh gosh. Um, well, I mean, subscription—you <laughs> would have to 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 get really serious dealing in place with the uh, the developers and publishers. I can understand why that would be more complicated and why mm. you would think, well, we have an interesting offering which is you don't need to buy the console and that in itself and since we can advertise it on youtube and everything and maybe there are going to be some free-to-play games you just press a button and literally you're playing within 10 seconds that is compelling Mm -hmm. enough already the issue is there's going to be xcloud coming fairly soon and you know playstation now is making movements as well um which are gonna offer this as well, except you also have a subscription uh uh that
1: Yeah, is it's just gonna available. end up cut out, I think,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, of the market for streaming. And
1: I just don't know who the kind of target market is with I just I just don't know who they're aiming for because like all of the hardcore gamers really have their setups and they've got their stuff. They're on Xbox or on PlayStation, they've got streaming services that are coming. I just don't know who's going to be buying this. Like, I don't think um, kind of really casual game players are going to be convinced to start wading into this as it currently
0: Yeah, stands. I think... But I don't know. I think there is some. Uh, I, I think there's some value to this for people because people are going to be switching generations, um, and you're going to buy one console. If there's another one that is, I'm sorry, a game that is not available on the console you have but is available on Stadia, for example, or you know, on any of the streaming services, then it's one click away, literally. Not very few people are actually going to buy all the consoles for the next. Gener- well, I mean, the two consoles from the get-go. And as uh, it, as things move forward, I think streaming is going to become part of a lot of people's gaming routine. Um, and it, before they even realize it, it's going to be like 20%, 30%, 50% of their gaming time is spent streaming. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be on, on Stadia, but I wouldn't discount them because of the power of Google and YouTube and all of those things. Because... Quite, they might do a subscription down the line. I think Microsoft is much better positioned because they have everything, right? They have the mm-hmm. hardware and the software and the subscription and the streaming, everything. Um, but I wouldn't discount Stadia because they can always do more things differently in the future. They could create a subscription at some point or they could include in their pro tier um, some games every month or and they've hinted at that already. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that I mean, if anyone's this... got
1: the money to make this work, it's Google. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> if they want to, they mm. can probably turn it around. I just wonder if they'll look at how this launch goes and think, mm, not that much interest because of the soft launch nature of it. it. It really depends on whether they want to support this idea
0: going forward. Yeah, I think I, I think this is this really should be considered like a tech beta. They're not mm. going to have a lot of interest um from a wide amount of gamers because it's 120-130 bucks for nothing. Uh it's it's really gonna be tested commercially when it's available for quote unquote free. Um mm. at that point and when you can click into a YouTube video and be launching the two hours trial of a new game that just came out, like as I said, in, in 10 seconds you're gonna be trying the, I don't know, you know, Doom was supposed to be included in this, the new Doom. Once it comes out in March or April, whatever it, it, it is, uh, and you can watch a YouTube video about it from your favorite streamer or YouTuber, you click at the end, and you are actually playing the game um, in in 10 seconds to try it, because they're going to have a two hours demo or whatever, then it's going to be, then the game is going to be on. <laughs> Um, But this, anyone who considers this launch as the real or this, this period as the real test for Stadia, I think is mistaken. This means nothing. This means nothing. (laughs) Um, All right. Talking about streaming, uh, Shadow, which is a French startup, Blade rather, which runs the Shadow PC service, uh, which is a streaming service for uh, a full Windows PC, um, just announced a couple of weeks ago that they have a new pricing structure, which starts at about 15 bucks a month. Um, And they're available in many states in the US. I don't know if they're available in the UK, but it's a different type of streaming offering because... They just give you access to your PC where you can do anything you want. Um, And it used to be a lot more expensive. But now at this price, I think it might be interesting for some people. And I have been playing around with it for a few years. And this uh, latest trip I took to Paris, I tried it again. And it works so well. So well. It is like, again, people who think uh, streaming technology cannot work, I have not tried it. It is almost indistinguishable from running the game locally. I played overwatch, which I played a lot I play a lot uh, all the time it's it works incredibly well of course I was on you know fiber and you need that if you want those services but uh, yeah and and 15 bucks a month I think for some people it might be an alternative uh, because you have your environment you install whatever you want mm-hmm. the games don't have to be specifically designed for that specific streaming service um, and it works so. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, but the feature is shadow, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a small part of the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they'll, they're going to get bought up uh, by a bigger company that wants to get into that technology. But the thing is, you really can run it on any type of PC and you can, you know, they're going to be upgraded regularly. So you just have your device, your machine, and you don't worry about anything else. You don't have to upgrade your own PC. It's going to run most games pretty well. And if you pay a little bit more, it's going to run all games really well like there's a a 30 bucks tier where you have a 2080 uh for a graphics card so i'm actually going to be able to try ray tracing without upgrading my pc because i have access i I pay for that tier Um, so yeah it's a it's an interesting development for shadow and it makes them one of the many options in that uh market Uh, And Steam is also testing uh, cloud gaming apparently. They're making amendments to their contracts to include uh, uh, streaming into their service. So if you buy a game on Steam, not only can you install it, but you can also streaming. Or at least that's what we're guessing um, is going to happen. I would guess that they're partnering with with someone, either Amazon, uh, Microsoft, or Google um, for this, which, by the way, something I didn't mention, I think Stadia is a testbed for making white label uh, services offered to other developers and publishers. And I think Google wants to sell Stadia Tech to others, and it wouldn't surprise me if Steam, Valve, was using, for example, uh, Google's infrastructure for that uh, uh, purpose, which makes it so that you can install a game or streaming or stream it if you want uh, when you buy it on Steam, which would be a really interesting additional uh, mm. service for for Steam, I think. Um all right a bunch of additional little bits of news uh red dead redemption 2 is on pc mm-hmm. and it doesn't work oh dear
1: <laughs> yeah I've, I've been messing around with uh red dead on pc quite a lot because i'm really um intrigued by the modding possibilities so um i uh, people have started doing like you could turn into a horse and things like that and an eagle and fly around it's great anyway uh <laughs> Uh I was having fun with it on the work PC. Um and then I went home and tried to use it on uh, my home PC, which is like a pretty decent one. It should be able to run stuff on high at least, if not ultra. And uh to start with, I had to like update my driver and then it was um the next stage was kind of it was freezing a lot. Uh it was like every 15 seconds I would get a freeze. Um, and it would be like a five-second. Freeze. It was significant. Mm. And yeah, Rockstar's been updating the launcher to try and fix stuff. But the first few days, it just had these ridiculous threads of people on Reddit being like, oh, maybe disable your antivirus software. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just... It was so silly and they've, I think they've apologized now and said that they're working on it, but it's
0: not a good launch, really. I mean, the game is already on all the platforms, so Mm. yeah, it's on PC as well, but...
1: Yeah, I think the appeal was having it on like those ultra settings and being like oh look how beautiful it is and then it's like it's not running right <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> and there's this pretty disappointing. this weird green mist everywhere <laughs> that people have been getting and i mean yeah, uh, yeah it's i don't know what to do with these stories anymore because it's like yeah game launch is broken on pc and then they work on it to fix it mm. okay it's it always not just on pc actually but uh i don't know i it, like this is just kind of a fact of life and i don't believe that developers are like yeah we're gonna launch it broken and and then whatever they'll just buy it anyway you know that's not how it works but Mm. i don't know i can imagine them all scrambling over at rockstar like oh (laughs) at the same time it's yeah exactly but at the same time you're not we're not happy that it launches broken (laughs) and and people have paid for it but yeah it's like particularly (laughs) as they had a year to kind of work on that Mm. port yeah it's like it's been i don't know it's weird. I mean, it's definitely, uh, uh, uh n- not a great look for, um, for rockstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Carmack is leaving his position as CTO as Oculus and, uh, he'll be like consulting CTO and he's working on AI stuff now, which I mean, Carmack is a legendary developer, especially on the tech side of things in the gaming industry. Um, his work on VR has not been super visible, I guess. I mean, Oculus obviously is very succe- successful in advancing the technology. Um, AI, maybe there's something interesting there mm-hmm. uh, that Carmack is going to do because he's very talented. But I don't know. That is it a good sign for Oculus or Carmack or the opposite? I don't know. But mm. it's a thing that's happening. Um Hey, so uh, do you still follow Fortnite?
1: Yeah, a little much? bit less so. I think I've, I've had my little Fortnite break. Although I do want to go back and play uh, Chapter Two.
0: Um,
1: I haven't really had much time lately because everything's been releasing at the same time. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> what happens at, in, in the holiday season? Have you been following the phase Jarvis? Uh, um,
1: I did hear about this, yeah, and like how the British tabloids are like going to town on this guy having like previously been like. Wow, he's won so much money! Um, oh gosh. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> I, what... I, I get the just that he basically recorded himself using like an aimbot and yeah. uploaded that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're expecting, but um...
0: <laughs> he, he he did that, um, and he got banned for life from Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And um, he there was a whole drama that started around him uh, apparently, and he. I don't think he was really part of the drama. A lot of people were like, "Oh, but it's his it's his livelihood. Your this is super extreme for someone who is 17 doesn't really know what they're doing." And others are like, "Well, he used a cheating aimbot thing and that's normal. What do you want them to do? If not ban him." And and it seems that like I ended up watching his video uh that he posted a few days after and he's super mellow super down to earth and and reasonable and he's like you know people make mistakes sometimes and it's been a crazy ride in the past year i'm really young i don't always know what i'm doing but i'm going to take a little bit of time off and i'll be back and i'll keep making videos because i love it and it's like the guy is super reasonable and relatable maybe it's just you know he manicured this video but it, yeah, everything happened the way it was supposed to. I do think that banning him for life is a bit harsh. But yeah, I probably just wanted to make an example of him. I, I guess. Think. Or maybe they didn't even know that that account, maybe they did know that it was him. Maybe it was an example. But anyway, it's like he is dealing with this. It seems very, very like an adult and much better than people arguing about how he should be dealing with it. So just mm. wanted to mention it um what else uh, ea is partnering with valve to uh, enable ea access on steam so if you have ea access you'll be a- able to use those games on steam as well which is really cool and i think this is going to play into the streaming thing which ea is also getting into with project atlas which i believe is a white box of amazon amazon Amazon, uh, Amazon mm-hmm. services. So, yeah, streaming everywhere. Um, and I guess that's going to be it. There are a couple of other things that we really don't matter, like uh, phone games from Epic, uh, Legend of Runeterra, New Mode, which I still don't have access to. What's happening there? And uh, <laughs> Minecraft Dungeons has launched, or, well, it will launch in 2020, but I think it's uh, available in more countries, so everyone is playing it in my timeline on Twitter. I won't. But, yeah, it seems mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh, no, yeah. sorry, I meant Dungeons, not Earth. Dungeons yeah. is April 2020, <laughs> which that looks kind of cool. But Earth is available, I think, in the U.S. at least, or if, nor, if not more widely, and everyone's playing it. Mm. Yeah, and that's it. Wow, that yeah, is busy. a lot of busy, stuff busy. to talk about. <laughs> 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 Thanks for being with me on this show, Emma. Um, oh, thank you so much. It's been good.
1: Good chats about <laughs>
0: every
1: <everything. laughs> controversial games. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, if people want to uh, hear or read more from you, I guess you're a gamer.net, uh, but yeah. where can they find you? Uh,
1: uh, my Twitter is probably best, which is at Goneefk.
0: Excellent. The link will be in the show notes. For me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can find this show at frenchspin.com. Uh, you can comment on everything we said. Please do so if you feel we were Right or wrong, it happens sometimes uh, in any of these topics we discussed, and we will be back in a couple of weeks for another episode. Thank you so much, Emma, and thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and talk to you then. Bye. Bye.